Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review, and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. And I am delighted today to be joined by a friend, uh, Deborah Gordon. Deborah is actually, the connection I have is through, uh, originally through Deborah's daughter, who I know is making both of us smile right now. And uh, I, I hope, uh, hello, Alicia. We'll say hi to you in the beginning, because I know you'll be watching this at some point. So, Deborah, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, very well. Deborah, tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing these days and, and a little backstory on your on your career. So the pandemic has caused me to re-engineer -in -in my organization. So I was um, a teacher, uh, instructor-led, and of course, I worked in corporate America for over 30 years. And then I founded my organization, it's called Gordon Strategy Group. And even with that, I was working as a face-to-face -face individual in the corporations. I did, I was business development, I uh, did HR management, project management, um, diversity and inclusion, as well as uh, continuous Im improvement and strategic design. All of which I did in my clients um, brick and mortar space until March 11th. So I then stepped back and I thought, okay, I haven't come this far to stop. I decided I needed to reinvent Gordon Strategy Group. So now I do what I do and I do it virtually. And so um, it's amazing how many individuals have had to do that and have had a struggle with that. But I am doing pretty well, considering I worked for Roadway Express, Federal Express, PNC Bank, uh, and my last employer was the Cleveland Clinic. I have been able to utilize everything that I have used in each of those organizations this year. Yeah, good for you. And, and it, it is interesting how much we end up having to flex and be adjustable or adjusting to things. I, I don't think any of us and any idea what to plan for with this year. And, and I, I give you praise and credit and uh, that, that, that reinvention and iter iterative aspects of your business is kind of what the marketplace needs and, and bears to that. And I, I, I gave you tons of credit. So you mentioned a, a variety of roles, Deborah. What, what, is your, what is your definition of how you describe the purpose of the function of HR? HR is the internal and external gatekeepers. They are the uh, legal liaison between the organization and the employees, and they make sure that the company is in complete compliance and runs smoothly. A lot of, without HR, the cost of um, poor quality in human capital would be so much greater and the company would lose quite a bit of money. So I believe that uh, they definitely are the gatekeepers and sometimes they do not get the respect that they deserve because that is a challenging position to be in. Yeah, for sure. I, I oftentimes use the analogy of, um, you hear it all the time in politics about crossing crossing over the aisle and, and making good policy that's good for the country or whatever the case is. I look at HRs in the aisle and you have, you have the employees on one side at times and then you have the employer on the other side and leadership. And it doesn't need to feel like that, right? We need to be kind of 
harmonized together and, and, and that's HR's job. And, and I'm curious as to you know, what, you, what you've liked working in the, the field of HR. What, what about it gets you going in the, in the morning and, and gives, you, it gives you spirit? So I believe that um, what gets me going in HR is having that open communication, that dialogue, that brainstorming, having the, the um, discussion with my HR individuals, as well as some, well, now it's just me because I talk to myself a lot and I talk to my daughter, Alicia, but knowing what will work is extremely important. But what we generally um, forget about what's important in HR is what does it do to help everyone in the organization as well as you? Because you have to have high integrity to be the best HR individual, in my opinion. And you have to also build relationships. I am a extra extrovert. So, you know, I, which was really a hard thing to be during the pandemic. And mm. uh, so you've got to be able to wake up in the morning and say, okay, how is it that I'm, what am I going to do to maintain self-esteem? I've had that um, conversation with my family members who are struggling during this pandemic. What can I do to help you? And to be able to have the, the trust and to build the relationship in the HR world, to me, is what it's all about. It's about building a trusting relationship. Hmm. So how do you define the success in that trusting relationship? Is that, is that just, you can feel, it's a feel thing for you, or um, it's, it's what they end up doing for you, or the, or the results they get? How, how do you define that? So it is a combination, a combination of having that individual walk into your office when you, this individual is over 40 years old and she had just gotten married to a much younger man and she ended up getting pregnant. She came into my office and she said, I have to tell you something. And so she told me and she said, please don't tell anyone at all. So fast forward four or five months and she's showing and she walks out into our team meeting and she says, well, if you didn't know, I'm pregnant. And so they all said, well, we didn't know. And she turned and she looked at me and she said, you didn't tell them? I said, no, you asked me not to. I said, so you build that relationship. And once she had her baby and she came back to work, then she became um, a, like a trusted advisor to the rest of the team. So not only do you have the trusting relationships, if you tie that into measures of success, not just the performance measures. Do you have individuals that are happy? I basically would take, we would take time to take a walk when there was something bothering my staff to come and walk with me and we will walk. And then when I talked to them about their performance, it was always nothing new because we had laid out the action plan in their career path prior to that. So I think having high integrity and building a trusting relationship, you will be able to tell by your performance metrics and also by your relationships whether or not it is working. Gotcha. Yeah. Is there a particular story or experience you can share of like the impact that HR had or some of the work you were doing with clients or when you were working 
uh, within corporate America, Deborah, that you were like, oh, we, we, bit, we put this program in, we strategize about it, and we saw this impact not only on the business or organization, but on the people. Absolutely. So um, as the senior director and organizational management, HR, finance, um, continuous improvement, all of it was my responsibility. And so the very first thing that you know during um, um, a recession or pandemic or whatever is that we need you to cut your staff. So um, that's the very first thing that they always say, because it's easy to show how cutting your staff has changed your bottom line in your department. So I worked with my HR individuals and my own staff, and we created uh, a cost savings by evaluating our inventory, evaluating our time off, evaluating each of the areas within a cost center that were causing um, an overage in our spend. Because of that, I did not have to cut staff. My staff remained the same. And for three years, I was the, the chief uh, executive officer and chief financial officer, didn't touch my department. Gotcha, yeah, how cool, good for you. Is there, is there um, as it relates to one or two words that you would describe the characteristics of a, of a standout HR professional, either the things that you felt you were able to do in your leadership role or other, other HR colleagues that you thought, well, they, they get it, they stand out because they have fill in the blank A and B. They have high integrity and they also are candid and are willing to go the extra mile. So if you have someone who is a purist, and that's what I call all of my uh, Six Sigma lean individuals who all they do is follow the rules, marching orders, and whether if it's something that they should or shouldn't be doing, it doesn't matter. This is what a Kaizen looks like. This is what the 5S uh, process looks like. So it doesn't matter that you don't get the results you want. They're purists. To me, the, the characteristic for someone that is high integrity, trust, and they're candid, and they are willing to go the extra mile. And mm -hmm. that, that says it all. Yeah, integrity. You said that from the beginning is a really big part. Because how do, you, without that, how do you how do you d develop and maintain that trust with people? Because if they think you're saying one thing to them and then talking to the leadership team or executives or board members or shareholders in a different way, that 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 house falls down pretty quickly. Is there any experience you had, Deborah, on like what you might have heard employees share why they didn't like? the function of human resources, obviously maybe the, the inverse of, or the opposite of trustworthiness and, and disingenuousness um, would come to mind, but is there anything in particular that they did that, or, or why you think people wouldn't like HR? Well, because HR is the gatekeeper, no matter what you say, HR, they are, they are the gatekeepers for the organization and the liaison and, and the connection between the employees and leadership of course, when someone has to be told, and, and this was the worst thing that happened to me, I had to tell um, one of the doctors, uh, the PhD doctors, that they were no longer required um, in our department. And uh, so I was, 
I was representing HR at the time and she became so angry at me from that point on her conversation with others were HR was Deborah and Deborah basically fired me and I gave I had to give her a severance package so what people don't really know generally about HR is everything that someone in HR is doing to try to make sure that they maintain the the integrity of of the organization as well as the integrity of the employees. So mm -hmm. they don't know what they don't know about HR. So of course, HR gets a bad rep because they have to deliver the message. Generally, when something goes wrong in an organization, HR has to deliver the message. Yeah. Do you think there's a particular question that, that you have had or have asked that can lend to that integrity and trust is, is there, is there, or is there something in the spirit of your, your interviewing that you've done over the years to ensure, does, does, is this going to be the right fit for both of us, for, for the candidate and for, for the company? So it's funny you should say that, John. One of my friends just recently interviewed for um, a promotional opportunity within his organization, and I interviewed him. And um, because he was nervous he was moving up but he was nervous so the question i asked him was tell me something about you that's not on your resume and for two reasons i asked that question the first reason i want to see how well individuals think on their feet and then secondly if they have memorized the job description and the resume and everything else I don't, I really don't want anyone who is going to be, like I said, a purist on my team. I want someone who will be honest and tell me what's not on their resume. And then from their response, I then can make a decision. Hmm. What did he say? He said, I am an, in, an, extra, an introvert by nature, but I have become an extrovert in order for me to be successful in my position. Hmm. And, I, and so that led us to another conversation because what he was um, interviewing for was a director of supply chain. And that would require him to wear different hats. I wanted to see what he was gonna say about wearing those different hats without saying, oh, and I put this hat on, and I put this hat on, and I put this hat on. His response showed me that he was willing to do what it took for him to be successful in that position without compromising his own personal integrity. Yeah, no, it's honest. I probably would have said something, I'm, I'm a father and a husband, I'm a father of two and a husband for 23 years. I don't think, I don't, pretty sure that's not on my resume, but uh, you got me thinking what my, my and I love to play golf and love to help people. Right, I mean, you I said you love to help people as well. Yeah. Yes, and so, um, but uh, remember, he was interviewing for a position within the organization. They, so they, already, know, they know all that. They already, yeah, yeah, they already knew yeah. him. So, but I, um, that's one of my favorite questions to ask, as well as your 30, 60, 90 days, what, what would it look like as well? But that's a common question. But the one about, tell me something that's not on your resume. And um, it makes people think, and then they give you their top of mind response. Yeah, how cool. 
So if you could go back just a few years, Deborah, to when you started your career and knowing what you know now, what, what would you tell your, your younger self as to give yourself a little bit of a head start on, on, on the rest of the group? I would tell my younger self to be a little, no, I wouldn't say a little. I would say be still and listen before you designed your strategy. Because when you are someone who has continuous improvement, strategic planning, um, I've, I've done a lot of due diligence work. Whereas if I had just stopped and I was still for the moment and I listened, I probably would have taken another path. Now, probably that the path I've taken is the one that has led me here. But if I had to do it all over again, I would be still and I would watch and I would listen and then I would move. I love how you said that. Be still, right? Be still. Yeah. Likely eyes open, ear, ear, ears, ears on, right? Eyes open, ears yeah. open. Yeah. But you know, and so you, I guess saying that is that you don't always have to be in a hurry. You don't always have to be running ahead of the pack. Just be still and listen. Because, I'm, you know, if you have done, and I had, I've done, you know, I've gotten multiple degrees and I've had, as I stated, multiple positions. And thinking about it, just being still and thinking, okay, is this really where you want to go? Or is this really the path that you should think, take? What is it that you really want to do? And if so, how do you get there? Just be still and listen. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I had an exchange uh, with some teammates of mine and uh, there was this topic we were discussing. I was trying to get their collaboration and feedback and input on it. And I, I made the mistake of saying, I, I have a few ideas, right? But I'd like to hear yours first. And I was, I was challenged by, hey, what, why don't you give us yours first, right? Why don't you tell us yours? And I was like, you know what? Um, I appreciate the ask. Here's why I don't want to do that. And they, they respected it and ended up you know, sharing their side of it, but sometimes the, the, the voice as the owner or as the CEO or the person in charge, right, can really influence and kind of stifle that. So by, by not saying, I explained why I was going to be still and silent and wanted to hear from them first. I think it gave them some context to, to at least provide them some kind of unfiltered suggestions. So well, speaking of that, I'll get you out of here on this, uh, Deborah. So I'm, I'm on this journey trying to write this book about amazing and awesome HR professionals called HR Like a Boss. I'm curious as to how you would define someone um, that does HR like a boss. Well, um, as you can tell from the what we talked about, um, trust is key for me. Uh, I also think uh, that HR like a boss person would be uh, highly innovative and a visionary and, and someone who nurtures collabor collaboration. And also, what are those qualities that you feel you need to maintain the self-esteem of individuals, to make sure that you build a quality relationship and make sure that the people that you hire or you're surrounded with are um, those who have all of those qualities. And if you don't make that decision to say goodbye to those who can't take the journey with you. Hmm. Yeah, I heard, I heard something once uh, about 
Zappos, the, the shoe company, uh, their, one of their head executives was presenting at an HR conference that I was at, and they, they actually do a, I don't know if it's 90 days or one year buyout, where we'll, we'll, give you, we'll give you one month's pay to go away if you want to go away, right? Yeah. Like just, just it, it's okay. It's okay if you do. And no questions asked, but if, if this isn't the right fit for you, and if, if it's not, I'm going to give you, you know, a pile of money to, to go away. Um, and I, I think, I think that and you know, everybody after that time, whatever the time frame is that, that both, both parties know, like, this is a good fit or not. And it's, it's an enticement, I think, to, to your point, to find those that fit in and are, are willing to charge. And as you said, have that trust and integrity or whatever you were looking for, flexibility, in, ingenuity, um, and, and all that. So. And someone has to have that big, as you walk through your journey as, um, as in HR and just in the organization. I am a person that has a big, hairy, audacious goal, you know, and um, when I share that with, and it's so funny, John, because since I've left uh, the clinic, some of my, my goals that I left have come to fruition. I created a system that would allow us to go out into the community and track the number of hours that our uh, docs and nurses and our employees at the time, and at the time it was 50,000, how we can add that to our financial system, not so we could add a dollar amount, but so we would be able to record that for our community benefit. You know, mm -hmm. so someone who has said to me, oh, that's a big, hairy, audacious goal. How are you gonna get it done? No, 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 you can't get that done. Um, I would. I have to be somewhere where that innovation, that trust, that high integrity, and all of that is the support needed to go forward. Yeah. And I think that's imperative to be an HR like a boss. Well said. And on that, we will end our time together as it relates to this particular exchange, but I look forward to uh, many other occasions for us to get together, Deborah. And I really, I really appreciate you and uh, best wishes in, in your opportunity of uh, reinventing your practice uh, during this unique uh, and challenging time. But uh, with that comes opportunity to, to do some things different and innovative. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you. Well, thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate you as well. Have a good day. You too, Deborah. Take thank care. You.